0: Hi, all. Thanks so much for watching, Making Healthcare Work for You, Different Perspectives and Empowering Solutions. I'm Stephanie Fields, joined by my co-host, Dr. Apoorv Gupta. And today we are welcomed by Dr. Prakash Patel, who is the CEO of Max Health. Thanks so much for being here.
1: Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Dr. me. It's great
0: to be here. So I would love to continue the conversation we were having in our pre-interview, which was about all the different ways that people can and should take care of themselves. And you said that The two main issues that you see are one, engagement, how do the patients want to be engaged and the caretakers, which I thought was important, and then two, behavior modification. So tell us, why are those the the two keys that you see to helping people get the care that they need and the preventive care?
1: I look at those as the, the twin pillars that we just have not yet solved. In healthcare, and the reason I believe, and by the way, wrapped around that is the the whole experience that patients and, and members have. Well, first of all, on the engagement side. If you can't get the attention, uh, if you if you don't have a uh, a way to connect with your customer, in this case, patient and members, you're certainly not going to make an impact on not just their health, which is you know, well, we have a very good system set up for after the yeah, after the issue. Uh, uh, impact and treatment but how about wellness how about looking at um, whole person care you know mental health and behavioral health is such a big uh, area of concern and opportunity uh, if they don't have that kind of engagement you're not going to get to prevention wellness let alone the uh, the sort of treatment modules that we have in our environment now which is really set up to, to take care of. so that's an engagement approach it's looking at the individual, in the way that he or she wants to be engaged, not the way we're set up to do. But how come we haven't seen the movement? And so I think this is where the whole idea of how we, um, how we modify, engage, reward our members is so important. Um, so we have that opportunity. Look, I know you all will not fly an airline that you don't have a reward vote, right? You wanna fly with those airlines where you get something in addition. You still have to fly, but you might as well fly with an airline that you have great reward program because you have other things. We don't have those kinds of things. Why is that? Why haven't we created uh, these loyalty programs around health? That's an opportunity. Why is it when you're coming in and uh, into a practice in Medicare, you get the onboarding, we call it documents that feel like you're, you know, you got a, you're getting an IRS audit? Why, why is it this is not set up like an experience like you receive an Apple product? Nobody wants to be on hold. Nobody wants to go through a telephone system. We have nine different buttons that you have to push. Um, so this is where navigation and coordination come in play. Um, so this is what we have to do more of in my opinion. We have to have a better engagement, a better way to, to, to modify behavior, to, to nudge people towards the right things and reward people for that and, and loyalty and then wrap that around a much more integrated experience. And that's really what we're trying to do at Max Health. And then after that, everything flows. Once you have that you can talk about, you've earned the trust. you have earned that connectivity with that individual to be able to do some of the other things that we talked about, which has got preventive screens. We wanna talk about wellness, physical and mental health. It's just about health overall. And then obviously there are gonna be times where we have to treat diseases as well. So it's getting that full 360, which we're just not doing.
2: I think that's a good entry point, Prakash, to just talk a little bit about Max Health in terms of how it, you, you've laid out the framework. Uh, so, how does Max Health actually help with this? And talk a little bit about where you feel that trust, you know, entered into the equation. Is it because of the engagement? So, if you could uh, elaborate a little bit more on those two points, please.
1: Absolutely. So, Max Health. We today have uh, fifty-five clinics throughout Florida, and the majority of those are our own primary care clinics. And I don't think you have to necessarily have owned versus a partnership, but certainly having uh, owned clinics gives us a certain amount of opportunity to, uh, to make some changes on the ways we're doing these things. So one of the things we're doing right now is uh, setting up the navigation program where we have an engagement uh, model with a coordinator on our side. So one person, one telephone number, one you know, digital interface uh, for any kinds of questions. Um, in terms of administrative or clinical or follow-up. So we're launching that. Uh, you'll see a new website coming out uh, here in a few weeks where we're now trying to create a digital front door where it's not just about, hey, you know, here's who we are and why we think we're wonderful, but to make it really an uh, interface tool. So resources for our members, resources for those who end up Provider ecosystem that we interface with, and interface with us and our members, but also to bring out uh, the team that we put together. So, team-oriented care is the other approach that we're so includes. For example, with our patients who require it, it's clinical social workers. It's having a pharmacist. It's having nurse practitioners and others that involve. Um, and I think, by the way, as a footnote, I think that's where we've seen a huge migration. Right in the beginning, you've seen these three waves, almost of primary care. I don't know if you remember a few decades ago, um, probably not even that long ago in some areas, but primary care doctors used to do everything. If you had a mole, they would take it out. You know, they delivered babies. Uh, they did some things that we call specialty care. Um, and then we went all the way to the other side where everything had to be specialist. Right? We. This is you know, if you have a back pain, it's got to go to an orthopedic surgeon again. If you're feeling, uh, you know, you're, you have some abdominal issues, you got to go to a GI doctor. You know, right away, everything it was getting uh, referred out to specialists. I think we're where we are now in this phase where it's team-oriented care. Um, so primary care is the captain, uh, but he or she works in a team environment. It's not the individual doc. It's also about engaging the member in the ways that I was describing earlier, and that's what we're trying to do here at MassHealth. We're trying to create that team orientation. Um, but have a have a point of reference or point of contact for our members, so you're not scrambling and trying to find you know, who should you interface with, who do you talk with, how do you get support, um, and try to make it easier. In a lot of uh, ways, we're just trying to simplify a very complicated part of healthcare.
0: How do patients walk that line? Because. I don't remember when primary care doctors had babies that would have been, or delivered babies that would have been like so far out of my comfort zone. But I definitely feel like I'm probably very much living in the world of like primary care. Like they are a point of contact, but sometimes almost for advice, like, okay, I have this, like I had a shoulder pain and I I emailed my primary care and I said, should I see you? Is this something you look at? Or is this something I need to talk to a physical therapist about? maybe it's because I've had so much interaction with the healthcare system with all of my family. I'm like, I just want to get right to the specialist. So how do you walk that line and make people like me (laughs) understand and feel comfortable with, okay, not everything has to go to that specialist. And while still engaging them in that way, because you also have said that so many times that engaging the people that with the way that they prefer to be engaged and building that relationship. So how do you build the trust Engaging them along the way, but also really comforting them in the way that primary care can handle it and will escalate it when we need to.
1: Well, building trust means uh, engaging that individual on in the way here, she wants to be engaged. You listen to their needs. You're, you're not you're not trying to, to to have this connectivity only the way I can do, it, which is like I only do telephonic calls. We don't do, or we only have support from nine to five, and then so you got to build that. That's why the engagement is so important. Um, and I think it starts with there. You don't have that right engagement, it's hard to build trust. Um, but, but in terms of the other things you mentioned, the primary care is, is not just a triage. Let's say you went to your physical therapist, you didn't work with your primary care doctor. Now, the primary care physician, he or she doesn't know what happened in your, with your shoulder. What if you're also having other issues with your shoulder that weren't just musculoskeletal? Um, and even if it was musculoskeletal, having, knowing that that individual knows about uh, the other activities in the healthcare ecosystem allows, uh, allows our primary care docs, for example, to make sure that there's connectivity there, that we follow up with you, Stephanie. Well, how are you doing, Stephanie? You've been in physical therapy for six weeks. Are you getting better? If you're not getting better, how do we help you get to the right person? Let's come in and talk about those kinds of things. And you know, you'll be surprised. Primary care doctors today, just to give you a sense of how much they treat, what percentage of overall mental health services do you think the primary care provides in this country? 40 percent Oh close of all of the behavioral health and mental health is now provided through our primary care doctors. So this is why that team orientation is so important. How do we support our primary care docs with a a, uh, group of people that can help treat that patient? And then also uh, leverage specialists, but have a continuity of care and connectedness so you're not alone and going from one fragmented piece of care to another fragmented uh, part of healthcare, not somebody overseeing everything. Also, looking at your whole person. Somebody may look at your shoulder. Somebody may look at that you're having some... GI distress, but maybe nobody figured out that, you know, you're having a ton of stress in your life right now. And by the way, this has been going on for six months, and it started with an episode uh, of chest pain uh, or something else that happened. And it's important to tie that together. Um, and I always tell people, I don't, I don't know about you, Dr. Gupta, but I never shop on Amazon and uh, find out what the average price is for something I'm going to buy. I want to know what that price is for me. Um, and I think that's the thing we got to figure out in healthcare, what's the care for me? I am not your average person. Uh, I, have a, I have a whole life that is not like everybody else. It's just like everyone else is not like mine. I have a family dynamic that's different than everyone else and it impacts my wellness. So that's the reason, Stephanie, we really feel that you need somebody that's thinking about you holistically and wants to look at the continuity of care and be there for you and not just have this triage And then you're going from one service to another and no one is really integrating that picture for you.
2: Yeah. Connecting the dots, Prakash. I think when you're speaking to me, it, it feels like the, the big opportunity and value proposition for primary care is to help you connect the dots because that you may not be able to connect yourself, right? So Stephanie may be savvy enough of a consumer to say, well, I've got this issue. I'll go to see an orthopedist. I've got this issue. I'll see a cardiologist. But behind the scenes, what else could be going on that we're not connecting the dots on because none of us are are the experts that they need to be. You know, when you go to the special, there's nothing wrong with the special. My training was an
1: orthopedic surgery. You're looking at that particular part, but you're not looking at the whole person. You know, I'm right. seeing Stephanie's knee. I'm not seeing Stephanie.
2: Yeah, very good point.
1: You're just really seeing the point.
0: knee of Stephanie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is orthopedics, orthopedics humor, right? Yeah, no, but you're right. I mean, the holistic part and 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 I guess what what strikes me, maybe again, this is where the value proposition for Max Health comes in, is that one, we've not given the primary care doctors enough time so that they can actually focus on taking care of that person in front of them and really make it make the care hyper personalized, which I fully believe they have the, the potential capacity training to do, except that we as a system are incentivizing and, and pushing them to kind of see patients within a time frame that that really doesn't allow them to understand that whole person. And then secondly, I think maybe I really like your idea of the team based care, because it's probably not sufficient for any one individual uh, to be able to to be able to do all of this this uh, provide all of this care, and so they need to be able to have the resources to call on. Um, so so I guess maybe maybe stating the obvious, but I'd love to get, hear your thoughts a little bit more on those two aspects of of the of the opportunity as well.
1: Absolutely, I mean I, I think you you said it well. But I think those are the key points. Nobody, there's no one individual that can take care of the whole you. Um, that's impossible. And, um, and not with, without a team orientation. So that's why that's a big part. And I think that's that migration that I was describing. We're in that third phase of, I think where primary care is going, you know, started with them doing everything, then all the things getting outsourced, to the, the specialists, and now we're back, the, but it's different, it's team-based. It is looking at um, the whole person, uh, but it's also uh, the payment model has changed too. So in many cases and it's not just for Medicare uh, patients but also for um the ACA and certain commercial populations where uh, we're under so-called value-based agreements and you know in value-based is the whole spectrum it could be partial savings you know upside only it could be uh, you know corridors that you put on a, a, a medical spend it could be full capitation but i think that's also helping You're, Our our providers are not feeling like they have to do transactional work where you get two minutes, three minutes, five minutes with the patient. Um, Our best performing providers uh, in terms of costs and outcomes are, and uh, the ones who are making the most money uh, at Max Max Health are those who are under these capital deals. We have providers here making more than specialists are making in many, many environments. And that's because they're practicing value-based care and really spending time to look at that whole person. And their incentive is not to try to do 30 patients a day. Uh, What they're trying to do is to take care of the patient, see that patient as much as they need to virtually, visual interface, physically, and then really manage that whole that whole experience uh, for our members. Um, so there's this misnomer out there, this misunderstanding that if if you're not if you're not seeing lots of patients, you're not going to do well financially. And and financial is important, right? I mean, it's important for uh, for everyone, and providers are no different. Um, but there is a there is a way to get there, and this team, and by by having those kind of financials, you can afford to do team-based care. You can have this coordination I was describing earlier, um, because you have enough room under the payment that you're getting to invest whatever you need to to deliver this whole experience we get the great engagement we still have a lot of work to do on rewards incentives and behavior modification uh, and behavior support i would call it um, but but you know we can we can do more because of the reimbursement bonds that have changed i give i give cms and cmi and the government actually a lot of credit for for doing it. i think they're the ones that actually push this, not the private sector initially. I really think there was the, you know, we always want to beat up on the government, but I actually think CMS did a fantastic job in pushing value-based care throughout the environment and primary care doctors are well suited for it.
0: And as the team environment, what allows these primary care doctors and their teams to serve the ever-growing senior population?
1: Absolutely. And that's what I mean by having enough, you know, I have enough reimbursement that allows you to invest. I mean, if you think about it, for primary care doc, well, many of these are two, three, four people in these practices. Um, you know, how are they going to afford to uh, to invest in this if they're not getting enough revenue coverage, uh, you know, financial support? And obviously, we're bringing tools. know, uh, so Mx, we're also bringing lots of uh, capabilities to help them. We put the team together. We have centralized groups. We can help with with coverage, um, you know, obviously with the contract, uh, uh, contracting with the payers, uh, we have uh, the navigation services that we bring forward, all the other things that come with this, you know, the care models, how do we close care gaps and make sure that we have the right electronic medical records, all the the things that go with that. I think, you know, it's very hard for, for groups to do that, specialists or provider groups. It's hard enough for big systems to do it let alone those that are uh, smaller groups. And so value-based care gives us that opportunity and then working in partnership uh, with our providers. It, it, but then, it, you know, I will tell you, it does take the right cultural mindset. Uh, not all providers are there yet. Um, Even though it, it makes a lot of sense to be under these value-based agreements, you know, where you don't have to worry about per click, uh, per transaction, really thinking of full experience for those members, patients, but not everybody's there yet. We still have
2: a lot of work to do. The one thing that's resonating for me right now is, is your opening points about engagement and we've got to do a better job, uh, which which just actually brought me back to a, a conversation we were having with a client last week. And uh, the, the conversation there was they're also trying to figure out how to engage and you know and create a new digital uh, front door and, and better cust- uh, customer experience. And yet, what one thing that was noted throughout all of those conversations? Yes, we want to do all of that, but the difference in healthcare compared to entertainment or to uh, finance or to education or to travel industries is that is that consumers want those goods. Those are desirable consumer goods, and in healthcare. It's actually something that people really don't want. Uh, I mean, you know, it's more of a guilt thing, or maybe I should do this sort of a thing. And so, can be, uh, scary, I mean, it be scary.
0: It could be very scary.
2: Absolutely, very scary, and you are trying to put it off. And so, I think you're the kind of guy, Prakash, that's thinking about these things deeply because you're saying we need to give consumers what they want. Yeah. So, so talk to us a little bit about that. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you help uh, the, uh, the the average healthcare leader? out there uh, who's, who's thinking about these things and trying to understand how do you create engagement within a world that we're talking about that may be scary, that may be encouraging consumers to put things off, Is there a way you're talking about creating rewards and incentives, as if you know, like I I I participate in these airline rewards programs because it's giving me something that I truly uh, want. It becomes like a currency. Is it really possible to do that in healthcare when ultimately the ultimate good is something maybe people are trying to avoid? Yeah,
1: it's interesting. We um, you you said healthcare, 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 healthcare. I think that's a big part of what we are struggling with because it is scary, it's unknown, it can be very uncomfortable. Um, uh, This is where we have uh, opportunity. Our environment, our health system has been set up for delivering services, but not for preventing services. Not for wellness, but for modules and treatments and uh, interventions. And I think that's a big part of what we need to change that there I mean an example of this I guess and I'm trying to come up with a good example if uh, you know going to the bank we were talking a little bit about that earlier did you guys nobody I don't know anybody that enjoyed going to to the bank right um, but we did it we did it because for lots of reasons right I mean if you have no money you don't have we, we realize we can't you know, have access to our financial, we, we can't live our life, but well, if we don't have access to our health, right, and our wellness, we don't really have uh, the foundation to do anything else, and I don't think we've connected the dots well enough, and that's what we're trying to work on, that look, this is about, this is about you being able to live your life to the fullest, and it's not just about healthness, it's about wellness, it's about prevention, it's about Your and i I have something we're working on and i I guess i'll mention it something called the happiness score you know we have this net promoter score you guys know about the net promoter score and that's fine but i i find the net promoter score to be very self-serving i want to know if you will refer me my group to a friend or a family member well okay uh great you'll do that but that's about us i don't want that to be i want to be about you so if we're talking about happiness and we're talking about things outside of just pure health. Now we're getting to what we all are looking for. We want happiness, we avoid pain. And if we can start to change that narrative, it's gonna take some time. We're gonna to have to show that we can do these things. It's gotta be all the things I mentioned in terms of it's your way, your time, and, and meeting your needs from, a, from an engagement and trust perspective. But I think that's what we're Um, and because now, I mean, banking is painless, right? We do it all the time, We don't go to branches. Most of us never see a branch. We don't even know where our branches are anymore, Um, and if we do, it's got to be a serious matter. Well, that's the way I'm hoping healthcare will be more and more. We go into a healthcare environment because it's really, really serious, but otherwise, we're doing certain things when we go, and it's, you know, we're doing it digitally, or we're doing it uh, for checkups and wellness. We're being delivered in convenient locations. It doesn't have to be in a practice, and clinic that's where we get into being a part of people's lives um and I, I think we have a long way to go but that's where i think we need to go that change has been there obviously you still have to do rewards and other things uh but maybe you know that's a it's a tall task but i think that's where we have to go um and then it becomes if we change the context it becomes a very different way of looking at healthcare.
0: you've Said several times that there's a lot of work to do, but you've also said multiple times that you seem to have hope around so many of these things. And you even said, you know, government has done a good job with this, which is something that you don't hear a whole lot of praise for. And so what is it about you personally that makes you so invested in getting this right? Why does it matter? Is it something that happened with you and your personal experiences, or is it something that you've seen that you just know can do better? What drives you to make this happen? Because I'm in full belief that you will, because you seem to have a really great plan.
1: Well, I'm going to keep trying. Look, I mean, the number one reason is we all have been touched by, by the care that has not, you know, or wellness or, you know, prevention that just hasn't been done well. Um, And, you know, family members, ourselves, and we um, we're we're not just uh, purveyors of services; we're customers of these services, as the old commercial used to be. Um, and that's that's a fact. So this is going to impact all of us. And this is what I've spent 25 years doing. Um, it's all been around. How do we really, especially around complex and chronic conditions, where you know the interface is so important? Uh, it's just incredibly important to have that that relationship and trust. Uh, and then if you look at what's happening in our environment, uh, again, speaking of COVID, we already knew this, but look at the social inequities um, that are out there because of lack of access to health care. And if you don't have health, it affects so many other parts of our, of our lives. Um, so to me, this is the personal, but it's also it's what I uh, really enjoy my whole life. I've been, been working on it. And I'm sure, look, I'm hoping to play my small part. Uh, and it's going to take the ecosystem of healthcare to do it, but I see the positive movements. Um, i love to for go faster, and there's so many groups working on it. I'm so impressed with so many people in the industry. Um, so that's what me. And, and government has done some good. I'm not saying they've done everything well, but they've done some really um, you know, some really good uh, activities in the space, and that's that's part of it. Learning from each other, and uh, and then integrating the solution. So yeah, I am bullish on it.
0: Thank you so much for being here and sharing this great conversation with us. We appreciate your time.
2: Thank you, Paul. It's a great rest of the day. Thank you, Prakash. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Max Health is going to bring into the world with you at the lead.
1: Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
2: All and thank best. you
0: all for watching. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.